This is Varun Haran, Principal Correspondent, Information Security Media Group, India. I have the pleasure of speaking with Nandkumar Sarvade, Information Security Thought Leader and Evangelist in this domain. We are going to be speaking about the information risk and fraud scenario in the region, in addition to discussing the data protection law which is in the offing and the breach disclosure norms in India. Mr. Sarvade, can you share some insight on the emerging fraud and breach trends in the region with an emphasis on India? What are some of the things that stand out to you? I would say that uh, you know I would not like to limit the Indian fraud scenario only to information security threats. The usual tricks of uh, cheating people are also there. So the Nigerian scams, lottery schemes, these are all going on. Internally, Ponzi schemes, as you would hear from, you would read in uh, national media, uh, the various cheat fund companies and like, they are also benefiting from better distribution through the electronic media. And then the scale of these frauds is also large. And Speakeshe was one example which I can give. So it is not really limited to information security issues, but a wider canvas of how the new channels are enabling fraud and what kind of lack of awareness is there out there. Well, I would like to say that a lot of work has been done to improve security of banking transactions uh, thanks to a lot of regulatory initiatives and also a great deal of adoption of technology by various banks. So I would say the situation is better than a few years ago. It could have been worse without all these interventions. However, the fraud patterns are also becoming more intelligent. So we are seeing now risk-based response like adoption of dynamic authentication and so on. So this is all a, a moving scenario. In Indian context, the largest challenge remains customer awareness. However much uh, wide the customer campaigns are, and all I think all financial institutions are taking steps to improve that, including RBI who recently came out with a very interesting advisory on big cards being deployed to collect information. I think the sheer range of customer composition in India, socioeconomic conditions, age groups, languages, makes it a challenge for banks to really educate their customers to the extent where they are not as vulnerable to frauds as some of them seem to be currently. People say that countries like India, India in particular, for example, have managed to leapfrog the challenges that a lot of Western nations, developed countries have faced. For example, in the card frauds, we have the EMV deployment that has happened with chip and pin, whereas the US is just talking about the EMV deployment. So what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, as I said, uh, I think the regulatory push has been uh, the critical factor in this. And as a payment professional for the last few years, I remember uh, when uh, 3D Secure mechanism, which is available for card not present transactions, was always offered by all uh, issuers. However, the uptake was very low because it was seen as a barrier for online transactions. But due to regulatory intervention, the playing field kind of got leveled and all issuers and also then the acquirers merchants had to comply with the requirements of the mandatory guidance. And that has led to a situation where the card not present fraud really dropped immediately after the deployment by almost 80%. And there was actually a fear that it will depress com by 80%, whereas actually the transaction went up by a similar scale. So I think uh, Indian ecosystem has thrown the kind of maturity in adoption of new security mechanisms and the technologies related to that. And uh, really uh, is a good example for other geographies. But it was not something which the regulator stopped at. I think they went further, constituted another group for security of transactions on uh, POS. And then again, the risk-based approach of disabling international transactions by default, putting limits, issuing chip cards to people who have traveled abroad and so on, which kind of reduced the risk on credit cards substantially. However, the risk of debit cards being open to this threat of cloning remains because the number of debit cards is much, much more than that, that of credit cards. Then ATM skimming is another threat. So I think we have see, seen tremendous improvement in some of the areas. Uh, another thing which I think many people in outside India don't uh, realize is that we have had this benefit of customers being alerted through SMS messages at a very low price point and, and they also uh, have got sensitive to looking at alerts and then uh, contacting their issuers in case there is a 
positive of fraud. I think this is something which works very well in the Indian scenario. So we are seeing a moving picture, uh, some parts of which are already well secured, but some parts will continue to pose problems as we move along. What are some of these parts? What are some of the common pitfalls that banks and other financial institutions are facing when they're tackling today's challenges? And how can they do a better job of securing their infrastructure? I always want to take people to basics. You know, fraud management is not a few tips here and there. It's a whole framework about what the fraud risks are for financial institutions in particular and how to meet them. A mature organization will have fraud management framework in place, including fraud management policies, specialized teams which deal with the fraud problem, which keep track of emerging issues and work to mitigate them, and a good response mechanism, including investigation, law enforcement, coordination, and so on. So in India, we see a wide range of financial institutions based on where they are coming from. So public sector banks, private sector banks, foreign banks, all of them have different approaches to fraud management. And that is something which I think is something which requires attention from some of the banks at least. Within that, uh, we see undersupply of professionals who understand fraud in the industry. As we know, the challenge in India is we don't have academic institutions which offer courses on forensic science, forensic technologies. So m- many people, most people actually learn on the job. You get some supply of investigators from law enforcement side, but that also is not adequate. So I would say in people process technology, people is something again which requires a lot of work. Technology is something which has seen a lot of improvement because there are mature vendors offering well-tested technologies. And thanks to some regulatory guidance, most of the banks have been adopting technology, especially when it comes to security payment systems. If you look at the problem of fraud from banks' point of view, and the insider fraud risk, I would say, is more difficult to predict because it's a low-frequency, high-impact kind of a fraud. And there are some good uh, technology solutions available. However, I think culture setting in terms of having very clear approach to internal fraud, the early indicators of behavior which indicates lack of integrity and this organizational response to it, and then a, a good surveillance tool, uh, these are what, are what is required to contain internal frauds. What about from the regulatory side? What are some of the concerns that come to your mind when we consider these threats and other emerging threats that are going to come? What can the establishment, the government and the regulators do better to support the information security, information risk ecosystem? I think the recognition of the fraud problem or even the information security problem remains low across the decision makers. I would say, firstly, the data collection on what is the extent of the problem could do with improvement, like uh, definition of what is a fraud, how it is to be reported, and then some analysis on what what are the fraud trends and its dissemination across the different stakeholders. Uh, What we see is uh, the data is available to parliament when there are questions in the parliament, but otherwise there is no channel or there is no regular reporting of fraud trends across the industry. So That is something which needs improvement. There are also industry-level initiatives which are lacking. For example, other day I was talking to some law enforcement officials and they pointed out that uh, very old bank fraud cases are still not coming to trial. As such, the value of deterrence uh, from the law enforcement side is very, very low. If fraudsters are able to take out the funds and attach them away, the risk of their going to jail uh, remains low. So I think the industry needs to push for, there are no specialized laws again, so laws for bank frauds. Secondly, special courts which will take up these cases quickly. And of course, law enforcement is doing its best, but they also can improve their understanding of financial fraud and its detection, investigation and prosecution. Some people might argue that existing laws are enough, like there are a lot of arguments like this that are used in case of the IT Act, that the IT Act is enough to cover. But what, in your opinion, are the specific cases in which different laws might be needed to address these issues? The financial crime really affects public trust in financial institutions. And trust is actually very important for all kinds of commercial activity, but particularly for financial institutions. 
so obviously uh, you know uh, 1860s uh, indian penal code also has provisions which cover uh, bank frauds but then when it goes to the court system all kind of frauds get clubbed together and they, they are in the same queue whereas one would argue that you know kind of fraud which one sees in payment systems which can scale up very fast which require use of technology which require uh, organized crime across different countries together working together uh, with indian actors i think the threat level is much higher and requires a stronger response i think one one point i would like to say is the, the information technology act has some laws uh, some uh, sorry, rules which have been notified however we still don't have a very strong privacy regime data protection regime in india the result that the enforcement of data protection uh, expectations uh, are very very low if we were to have a customer oriented uh, customer protection approach then we will require this mechanism to be in place so that uh, organizations take data protection more seriously there is data sharing across uh, different uh, stakeholders on what trends are uh, visible and how to ensure that these are kept under check and customers develop a higher degree of confidence through being notified and through being guided to take protective measures we know that there is a data protection law that the government has been speaking about for the last 2 years what are some of the things the government and policy makers need to get right in this law what are your expectations from the law there have been a few attempts to put together a data privacy and data protection framework for india i think the report put out by the committee under justice apisha was a very comprehensive one the one may not agree with all the recommendations but it clearly talks of the privacy act being Uh, comprehensive in its uh, coverage uh, and not like the information technology act which deals with only you know parts of the problem it also talks of uh, recognizing privacy principles which are well established to then base the all the uh, you know the rights of the data owners and then downstream creation of the mechanism to ensure privacy so they have recommended the institution of privacy commissioner on the lines of the european countries and i think there has been a lot of debate about whether self regulation is the right way to go or uh, you know omnibus regulation like the european countries is the way to go this report also recommends uh, co regulation so it talks of uh, privacy commissioners at the central level and at the state levels but also self regulatory organizations in each industry which can then work on industry specific regulations and then uh, awareness creation within that industry and so on so i think this framework seems a uh, well thought out one and i think the key is to start somewhere because we have been talking about this for many a year now but we we haven't seen very much action on that i think we should establish these institutions let them function for some time and then they can always be reviewed but we need to start as early as we can what are your views on breach disclosure can you share some insight on the impact that lack of disclosure laws has had on the industry what about information sharing how are organizations like fsisac functioning in your opinion are they effective is something more needed i think data breach notification is a very important provision and with the lack of such laws the data processors are also not paying much attention to securing that data so data breach actually helps in both the individuals whose data is at stake and also those who have the responsibility to handle it responsibly it also helps in informing the other similarly placed data processors to improve their controls and uh, you know alert them to new trends of data compromise so i think there can be no two opinions about having breach notification requirements practically such a notification requirement will require a regulator at some point of time or at least an enforcing authority which can guarantee that uh, all breaches are really being notified i would say the framework which i just discussed should be able to take care of this notification dissemination analysis also obviously sector specific information action mechanisms could also be there other trends like intelligence and surveillance and so on so that information also needs to be shared and exchanged and that can happen within the context of each industry separately it cannot be said that breaches are not happening data compromise definitely is happening 
Now, the lack of notification laws or the lack of a centralized system where each such breach would be collected and at least some advisories put out is missing. So that is the reason why one doesn't hear much of the kind of very detailed reports one gets in other geographies. It works both ways. So there may be protection of reputation, but it also prevents specific information from reaching the concerned stakeholders. We need a mediated mechanism which will collect such information and then distribute it. Thank you, Mr. Sarvade. I was speaking with Nand Kumar Sarvade. This is Varun Haran for ISMG. Thank you for listening.